The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. This is Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. First and goal from the four. Give it to Harris. There's a hole. Touchdown, Steelers. <laughs> a walk-in for Najee Harris. <laughs> Running play for Warren. Jalen Warren rips through for the touchdown. <laughs> Love lets it fly. End zone. Off the deflection. It's intercepted. Picked up by Keanu Neal. And the Steelers. Come up huge once again, defensively. <laughs> Look out, I'm guarding the goal line, and then you better block 90 and 56. One last chance for the Packers. Love throws, end zone, intercepted, and it's over. Casey. <laughs> I could not be more excited for this ownership group uh, and this front office to partner with Craig uh, to bring another championship to Chicago and to these great fans. So with that, uh, I just want to announce Craig Council as the uh, 56th manager in Cubs history. White Sox fan got his hand on that open. Woo, that was mean spirit. Why was Jed in there? That was mean spirit. Why was Jed in the, uh, what happened the Packers White rejoin? White Sox Willie in there gave you the business. No, 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 no. We're laughing at the whole state. Yes, Chicagoans laughing at oh, Wisconsin. Okay. Got it. It, ma- it certainly gotcha. sounded okay. to me like yeah. you were making fun of the hire. No, I can they, see. No, no, no. I can, they, okay, they I see where you were Lost in translation. From. There you go. You're right. I got it, Miller. Don't I got worry. It. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah. We're just pooping on Wisconsin today, huh? Yeah. Another loss for the Packers yesterday. It was it was really our Super Bowl weekend. You know what? Northwestern crushed Wisconsin yeah. too over the weekend. Yeah. Are we are we we have I'm just saying yeah. if we're piling on here, there's another piece of there's another data point. I was holding on to the Bears winning on Thursday, Carolina uh, against Carolina, and then uh, Arizona winning and the Packers losing. That was it was the Bears, Bears Super Bowl. Just weekend. be careful. The Packers end up with a lower record than us, and they end up finding you know a solution to their issue. They suck a little bit too good. Yeah, they're, they're really good at like this sucking. Yeah. There's no in between here. They're supposed to be middling a little I want bit. A celebration more. because my team is is doing the right thing, not because their team sucks worse than my team sucks. <laughs> That's the sad like, part. Oh my God, is that a low bar? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We'll play you some Craig Council. Speaking of uh, Wisconsin, in about ten minutes from right now. And by the way, they still are a half a game ahead of us in the division and whipped our ass the opening game of the season. I know. I admit it all. Like people were like, uh, when I was tweeting out uh, the the rotten cheese, they're like poverty franchise. I'm like, I, I, I'm not denying that yet. I mean, I'm hoping to turn it around one day. But I'm not. Look, I'll crap on my team. I have crapped on my team. I wish they were better. It's like you peeing your pants and laughing at someone that just pooped their pants. Like both of us are sitting in our own excrement. Or me right? pooping my pants, laughing well, at whatever. someone pooping their pants. I'm just saying, like we're both sitting in our own, you know, nonsense. Yeah, I'm just happy that I wasn't me pooping my pants this time. 
Oh, we've we've pooped in our pants quite a bit. We're three and seven. Me more than you. Oh, we're not literally talking about no, pooping our pants? About, oh, oh. No, we're talking okay. about our favorite teams pooping their pants. Jimmy on the north side. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jimmy? How's it going, fellas? What's Happy uh, Victory Monday, I guess. Yes, we, let's continue. <laughs> Two words, right? Two words, Jimmy? Rick Sutcliffe? What's that? Rick Sutcliffe, exactly. That's right, yeah. You guys got to get him on here once that Otani deal goes through because that's going to be phenomenal. Uh <laughs> Good, good business for for the uh, North Shore of Chicago. That's for sure. Um, so I, I I just wanted to get a quick 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 question for you. So like, this is next year's year three of the rebuild, right? I mean, like three off seasons. For me, it's two year two. Year one was the teardown, and I look at things weirdly, Jimmy. <laughs> Today or this year is year one of the rebuild. Next year will be year two of the rebuild. Year one is a complete teardown. Okay. Okay. I right. just want to understand the, the project is the two years deep, <laughs> but the rebuild part of the project is in year one. Got if you know it, what I'm got saying. Got it. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, so it, maybe not, but it does to me. Seasons of a uh, hundred million or more cap room, and you know, I'm, it looks like the first pick, at least two relatively very high first round picks this year. I I think if you're gonna draft the quarterback, guys. He better be game ready day one to win a playoff game because I'm not going to sit around and watch this for another two years play out. Well, oh, we got to let this guy develop. This is the time, and, and this is why I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is so impactful because if you think about D.J. Moore adding a guy like that who I, I, I did some research on the guy because I didn't watch a lot of college football. He's a Freak, Tom. I, I'm oh, I know. hear you think of you, but yeah, said freak, last right? year I thought he was the best player in college football last year. Incredible, and and, yeah. and so when you have two wide receivers, look at the Bengals, look at the Dolphins, look at the Eagles. Now, to your point, Sylvie, that actually does differentiate offenses away in the NFL right now. And to be honest with you, I just don't see that sliver of difference between what we probably have at quarterback and what we, who knows what we would get next year. And so I, I really like this Marvin Harrison guy. He's going to be my new Bajan Robinson, so get ready for it. Okay, that's fine. Look, he's great. He's terrific. And yeah. he, would, he would be a difference maker. I'm not saying that he's not, that he's There's a no guy talking or that he's not a guy. I'm not talking him yeah. down. I'm just talking about franchise building. That's all I'm talking about when you're drafting that high. Like someone said, look at the Dolphins and look at what he did. Someone on Twitch said that. It's all valid. Remember, Tyreek Hill was drafted or was taken, first drafted in whatever round he was drafted in by Kansas City. Kansas City won with him. They decided to trade with him and continue to win without him. And then they sent him to Miami for a first-round pick. But it wasn't like the top pick in the first round. You know, and Jalen Waddell was drafted with a first-round pick. How high was that first-round pick? It wasn't a top-five pick, was it? No. So, like, I I love wide receivers. And I want good weapons on the team. Absolutely. I, I, I just... Jalen uh, Jalen was the sixth pick of the draft. Oh, so he was. So he was, he, he was yeah, close. To I it. didn't realize. You know, I mean, I, 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 I'm just wondering. Like, I love the quarterbacks. I, you can't. You got to get it right. Don't get me wrong on that. You have to get it right. You yeah, can't I mean, Cincinnati. Fail. You can't look at Cincinnati and compare us to Cincinnati. They got Joe Burrow. If you tell me that either 
Justin is going to develop into Joe Burrow magically, or they're going to draft Joe Burrow, then I'll talk to you about being comparable to the Cincinnati Bengals. But Joe Burrow makes that whole situation what it is. Or you have to make sure that the guy you're drafting is Joe Burrow. That's what I said. Yeah. 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 It's either Justin or the guy you're bringing in. Like that quarterback needs to be, you can't. Right. Just say, like, I, I get it. People say, well, there's no guarantee. You have got to make sure that that guy is the guy. That guy is what Deshaun Watson at the time meant for Houston. Do you remember what the Mahomes Bengals? met for Kansas City? What now C.J. Stroud means for the difference of Houston this year versus last year? Do you remember the, the dilemma that Cincinnati had? Because everyone was begging them in Cincinnati to draft Panay Sewell was to draft an offensive lineman because, remember, Joe Burrow was coming off a season where he was sacked like 50 times and he didn't even play the whole season because he got, he, he, he got destroyed and had to have his knee rebuilt. But they went with Jamar yeah. Chase. But they had the answer at the quarterback, quarterback position. Right, right. Walter so. and Hegwish here on ESPN 1000. What's up, Walter? Hi, gentlemen. You know, I think what the Bears ought to do, they ought to trade. I, I mean, I hate to see Justin Field get hurt anymore. I think they need to trade Justin Fields, and with their picks, get a first. They should be able to get a first round for this man. And with my pick, yeah, I like the tackle from Notre Dame. Yeah, I like Marvin Harrison. I also like the wide receiver from USC. But I mean, if this is a, 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 a draft that's heavy in quarterbacks, you should be able to pick one up in the third round because you know. <laughs> I watched Jim Finks build the 85 Bears, and he said, I don't draft glamorous positions. He drafted offensive linemen and defensive linemen. The Bears sure do need a good defensive lineman up front and a good offensive lineman to block for the quarterback. Of course. Yeah, no doubt about it, Walter. Thank you. I think this is a conversation because of how everyone looks at the top end of the quarterback class this year. If this was a nondescript quarterback class, I don't think anybody would be having this conversation. I think everyone would be like, absolutely, we're drafting left tackle. Or absolutely, Marvin Harris, Harrison Jr. is on our list. You've got guys that the people that do this for a living will tell you that this is supposed to be at the top end, one of the best quarterback classes in a very long time. And then now Fields has to do his part and go out and ball out for seven games. Yeah, to Walter's point, nobody's giving you a first-round pick for Justin Fields, this Justin Fields. If we're the next seven weeks, he goes out and plays exceptionally well and you still move off of him, maybe that changes. But at this point, nobody's giving you a first-round pick. Or convince everyone that, oh, look, look, after the break... I went back to the drawing board with some of the processing stuff, and I I built on what I did against Washington, what I did against Denver for most of the game, and now I've put together seven really, really good games. Change our minds. Yes, yes. Um, all right, I want to play you some Craig Council. He, oh, uh, yeah, baby! <laughs> yeah! Oh, yeah! <laughs> Look... Mister, I saw what you tweeted me this uh, morning so about the Kool-Aid stuff. Would, no, no, no. But you said I, you wanted to run through a brick wall. Isn't that what the Kool-Aid guy does? He runs through a brick That's wall. That's right. Yes. Hey, Kool-Aid. This wasn't about you drinking the Kool-Aid oh, as much it as was it was. more about the Kool-Aid man. This was man. a two-pronged uh, response. Not only is the Kool-Aid man bringing you your favorite beverage, he's also going through a brick wall. That's right. For the, those who aren't old enough, do you know the Kool-Aid man, Tyler? Are you oh, old enough yeah. to... Oh, yeah. Do, do, are you old enough to know the commercials yeah. of the, the mm-hmm. man with the uh, 
who was sh- in the form of a uh, pitcher yep. filled mm-hmm. with Kool-Aid. He was the mascot. He would run through a brick wall. Kool-Aid was the best oh, as a kid. Oh, was that? Huh? What was that? What was that? Was that? I'm uh, the iron wall that viruses bash against and, and shatter. That's well, my we, guy, Jim Harbaugh. What was, what was he talking about going through the wall? Sounds like, like he's the Kool-Aid yeah. man. What was, what was that bite? I'm uh, the iron wall that viruses bash against and, and shatter. I guess and, he was asked if he was sick today. Yeah. I guess no, wait a minute, but he says that the viruses shatter the wall, though? No, I, no, no. They, they bounce the off wall. of him and the virus shatter. I mean, it's, it's sound biology if yeah. you really break Thank it down. You. Yes. By the way, James Franklin fired his offensive coordinator yesterday. Yeah, right. Where's that kid now? I want an apology to that kid about, yeah. you know, his yes. offense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I bet James that, Franklin. But that kid still got his job. He should. The offensive coordinator well, doesn't coach, have his job. This is the, uh, my name's Tyler. I'm the kid that you uh, tried to embarrass several weeks right. ago. Can you explain to me why you fired your offense coordinator? Can you break it down for us? That's what I thought, James. Maybe yep. you need to beat a team in the top ten sometime. Yes, Tyler's still here. I'll be here when you're gone. All right? I'll be in my ninth year here at the Penn State University. Got, another, got a COVID year still. I got a COVID year, yes. I don't plan on moving out of State College. I'll be here well after you, James Franklin. He's a rude against guy if you're not a Penn State guy, isn't he? Is he is he always smug or did he always have that reputation? No, he just woke up a couple mornings ago and all of a sudden this is who he is. Come on, I was rooting for Michigan, and I'm not a yeah. Michigan man. Like uh, many You're a Jim people. Harbaugh guy now. I aren't am you? a Jim. Well, I'm a Jim Harbaugh guy yeah. now. You know they have forced me to root even harder for Michigan. How hard are you going to be rooting for Michigan against Ohio State in two weeks? Yeah, hard. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. That's my quarterback. Well, if you listen to Jim, Michigan's America's team. Did you hear that one? No, that, let's that, hear that. Th- that was, uh, are you talking about something that, that He was... said this today. Oh, he did? Yes. yes. What did when, he say? When he was telling he people... He was on a roll today. He's the iron wall that the viruses shatter against. He also said this. The perseverance, you know, and then the, just the stalwartness of these guys. I mean, yeah, Watson, I would have to say, I mean, everybody. It's got to be America's team. Yeah, It's got to be America's team. Yes! America, America loves a team that, that, uh... You know, beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes with the naysayers and, you know, critics, so-called experts think. Um, that's my favorite kind of team. And, yeah, watching it from from that view on the television, I, it was finally people get to see what I see every day, you know, in these players and these coaches. I just got the tingles. Yeah. I he, did. He's a weirdo, but I would love him to be here. He he he's quirky. I look leave it to a quirky guy to identify another quirky guy. But he is quirky. Yeah, he's he's unique. <laughs> I think quirky's a little bit too uh too difficult, it's a little bit too negative. I'd say unique. Oh no, he's a weirdo. I thought, I thought, hey, watch I, thought, mouth. I think saying quirky actually dialed it up a yeah, little that bit. Dresses it up. Yeah. From saying a weirdo. Yeah, well I neither neither are acceptable on this I'm, show. Uh, the iron wall that viruses bash against and, and shatter. Inspirational is the word that came to mind for me. <laughs> All right. Do you, do you want to hear Craig Council? No, I want to hear more of you, you, Come on now. I'm not sick. Feel great. Got a tremendous workout in today. 
You got to rest your body when you're sick. Oh, no. yes. Sometimes. As Coach said, you, you, you know, no, nothing evil can live in that body. You just got to treat it right. When your immune system's low, sometimes when Extra you work. scotch. Well, that's fine. Do you have to work out, though? You got to get that, uh, you know, got to get the body, the... The T cells flowing. I think he'll fight that virus. I think he also said he's going to do some more push-ups and and have an apple. Yeah, and that's that's why not? Thing. Why not? <laughs> an apple a day. Yeah. You know he's playing chess. Away. You're playing checkers back there. <laughs> the okay. He's playing chess. No, it doesn't, Tyler. No, it doesn't. At least the Big Ten investigators. You know what I was rooting for on Saturday? I was rooting for... A loss, a Michigan no, loss. No, I was rooting for Michigan. you're a hater. I was rooting for Michigan on Saturday. No, but I was rooting for the temporary restraining order to be upheld at, like, halftime. Oh, yeah. So here comes, comes the team team yeah, that's right. Leads his team out yeah. of the yeah. second No, half. because then we would that's not awesome. have gotten that post-game press con- or uh, on-the-field interview, which was oh, magical. It was... Can you play that? This is, like, out of Rocky. This reminded me of Rocky... Talking to Adrian. And by the way, the best part of it is his his running back behind him, his face is all covered in blood because he got cut above his brow. It's football right here. This is just got talking about Americana. So the Rocky, refresh my memory. Isn't Adrian watching from home? Yes. Adrian's at home, right? So wherever Harbaugh's watching from, Harbaugh's probably watching on the TV. This reminds me like he's talking to Harbaugh through the TV, and he reminds me of of Rocky breaking down. To win on the road in this environment when there were doubts. Sherman, what does it mean to you? Well, I thank the Lord. Naturally. Well, I thank Coach Harbaugh. Love you, man. One in the same. Love you, man. This is for you, for this university, the president, our AD. We got the best players, best university, best alumni in the country. Love you guys. These guys right here, these guys right here, man. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. Talk to him, man. Love you. Thank you, coach. Talk to Blake Horn, whose face is just covered in his own blood at this point. Did you see them at the hockey game then afterwards? I did not. They did like a victory parade at the, at the Michigan hockey game. Don't with blame the, them. With, with, with Harbaugh and uh, the acting coach. Outstanding. I'm going to thank the Lord. And then I'm going to drop a few F-bombs. Yes. Love these guys. That's good. That's a good hard cry that right there. That is right there. Did, That's a sound, banquet speech did, right there. It sounded like she was getting choked up in the beginning. Am I wrong about that? I thought it was emotional for everyone involved. Even to though, win on I the road in this environment. Hold on, hold on, let's start that again. Listen to her. It sounds like she's getting choked up. To win on the road in this environment when there were doubts. Sherman, what does it mean to you? It, at the end, does it sound like she's choked yeah, up? Yeah. yeah. Well, I thank the Lord. Well, I thank Coach Harbaugh. I love you, man. Love you, man. Right. This is for you. For this university, my the president, our AD. We got the best players, best university, best alumni in the country. Love you guys. These guys right here. These guys right here, man. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. Talk to him, man. Talk, Talk to him. Talk Thank to you, him. Coach. I'm telling Talk you, to Blake. That's Talk to Rocky. Blake. His That's face Rocky. is all covered in blood. That's Rocky right there. And Rocky had blood. Didn't Rocky have blood? Rocky oh, yeah, his blood. face looked like a pizza. Yeah, that's Rocky right there. His face right looked there. like a pizza. 
Jim Harbaugh doesn't care about your. By the way, I know what you're doing. You just don't want to. You don't want to hear from the new manager of the Cubs. That's all you're doing. This is what you're doing. We're going to talk to Jed at three thirty. I know you didn't want to hear from Craig Council. There is going to be plenty of time to hear from Craig Council. We have two hours left. We're going to go full Craig Council from four to six. Let's hear from him. Give us a taste before we uh, have Jed. What what you? Oh, uh, he. You know, he talked to David Ross. Did you know that? I did. I, I heard it was a text first from yeah. Rossi, and then there was a call. You want a Craig Council? You want to tell it, or you want Craig Council? No, I want to tell Craig Council. Or do you want it. more Michigan? I, you know what? <laughs> if you give me the choice, give me Harbaugh. Not sick. Feel great. Yeah. Got a tremendous workout in today. Yeah. Had an apple. <laughs> a B twelve shot up, an apple. Push up. Yeah. Push ups and apples. Yeah, it's full workout in khakis and yes. a, a Michigan golf shirt, the hat on, all of it. <sighs> Do you see him coming out of the sauna completely fully clothed in Michigan gear? After a workout, he goes in the sauna with his khakis. With his clothes on? Yeah. He's, That's not true. Yes, he does. I don't know. I'm saying, could you imagine if he Have did you ever that? had a naked soak with him? In the, soak? In the hot tub. Uh, not naked. No. No. I'm sure I've been in a hot tub in the yeah. facility before. No. no. I don't think getting no. naked have you and showered with him before? Up, yes. You have. In a team shower What's environment. What's that like? Um, foolery? A bunch of guys taking a shower. I mean. The towel whips going on there? No, there was no. Uh, you would tell me stories about shower stuff going on. You became a leapfrog breakout. You know, Do I have to remind you about some of the shower stuff n- that you've told n- me about? N- no. There was no car wash going on. None of that stuff. No, that stuff is not say car wash. I don't know what you're this talking not about. Northwestern, what are you talking about? I got a, had a workout and had an apple. Jesus, where are you taking this conversation? I'm asking are you. Are you not a Michigan man for crying out loud? Uh, now I am. America's I am team. America's team. <laughs> See, now hey, what I... did Craig Council have to say today? David is a very good man. Um, you know, David texted me probably before the news broke here. Um, and and I called him back immediately. Um, we had a, what I think is a very good conversation um, that, that gave me, I've always had great respect for David, that gave me the ultimate respect for David, uh, the way he handled the conversation. So um, this is a, you know, part of this business is really difficult and it's really cutthroat. And, and as a player, I've lived it, David's lived it, um, every player lives it every day, um, but um, I, I respect the heck out of David Ross. Can I play you this? Because I think this is good going into Jed Hoyer. This is Craig Council today talking about, and Jesse asked this question, very good question from Jesse. How much does having more resources with the Cubs um, help him choose the Cubs? Because a lot of people think, okay, this is a sign with signing counsel that the Cubs are ready to spend. Other people say, well, wait a minute. Maybe getting counsel who maximized rosters is more of a sign that the Cubs won't go crazy in free agency. So this is counsel talking about having more resources with the Cubs. Yeah, I, I mean, look, the challenge of this is different, and that challenge excites me. Um, you know, more resources means, like, different types of players, for sure. Um, that's a different challenge for a manager. Um, so I don't, I don't know if there's a 
I think more resources look at certainly something Chicago offers, and there's no question about that. Um, it, it's part of the equation. Um, it's part of, um, you know, I think what, how you kind of tackle the problem of being a great baseball team and being a great franchise. Um, there are also other things that, I, that, that excite you, like this, this place, you know, is, is just you can't help but get excited about it. The brand that the Chicago Cubs are, like, can't help but get excited about representing that. So, you know, I think that it's just more than, you know, to, to say it's payroll is just, that's probably simplifying a little bit on my end. So that was counsel talking about the resources. Yeah, I mean, are you in the Shohei bidding? We're going to find out well, next. I mean, if you, you are, you then think he's yeah, going to Resources are there. All right, we'll make your bets. Will Jed say that they are fully in on Shohei? Here's my bet. Can I make this yeah, play? Yes. That he's not going to say to you, yes, Sylvie, I am fully in on Shohei. But I will say he will tell you that everything's on the table. Okay. Every option is on the table. Right, let's find out. Will Jed say that Shohei... Come on, Jed, make me right. Let's find out. So Jed Hoyer will join us next. He landed his manager. Will he land Shohei Otani? And if not Shohei, then who? Are the Cubs going big game hunting this winter? We'll check in with the Cubs president coming up next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. All right, uh, we love talking to Jed Hoyer, the Cubs president. And uh, today was a big day over at Wrigley Field as they introduced Craig Council as their new manager. It shocked me a week ago, and many are still in shock around the baseball world. Positive shock yeah. for you. Yeah, po- very happy. Yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled with the move. Something tells me you've been workshopping a good question for Jed at some point you know that. in his conversation. And, and, yes. Not just one good question, but a number of ones. And he's encouraged me to come up with others because he's complimented my style. Did you get the, the raise? Did, yes. did you get the raise yes. that he, he said got you would do? He got me a raise. Okay. Dollar an hour more. Jed Hoyer joins us right now on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Jed, how you feeling today? I'm good. How you guys doing? We're doing well. Um, so the story is a legendary story, at least for Cubs fans. On, on how you and Theo went down to Florida to recruit Joe Madden. What was the story on you and Craig Council meeting? Where did you guys meet? Did you bring him wine? What was what was this meeting like? No, very different. Very different than buying uh, buying cheap wine at a supermarket <laughs> for Joe. It was definitely uh, definitely different. But yeah, you know, we ended up. Uh, we talked. Uh, on the phone that morning of the first for a bit. And then um, his process was pretty quick and he was going to New York the next day. So I ended up driving down from, from Milwaukee. We met at my house and talked for really a long time. It was, uh, I didn't know if it was going to be a you know short meeting or not, but um, you know, he really pushed me and I really pushed him, I think. And, you know, certainly, you know, there was a, uh, you know, the sense of urgency given the, the timeline, but I was, uh, you know, certainly aggressive in how I sold the opportunity and, and sort of what I, what I believe. And, and I think that the best thing about this job is that Chicago is really easy to sell 
like the, the you know Cub fandom is easy to sell. Wrigley's easy to sell. I sort of needed to sell where we were as an organization and why I thought he was the right fit. And um, I guess I did that effectively. But that was you know once we sort of got through the kind of back and forth. Once I felt like there was some comfort, I definitely sold hard on what we're building and and what he can be a huge part of. Uh, you saw councils contract sylvie there was no mo- money for expensive wine left okay right, right. <laughs> uh, it, it, how difficult jed of a decision was this for you to go in this direction knowing your relationship with your your previous ma- uh, manager david ross it was really hard because you know, rossi had been a really good partner with me uh, we made some really hard decisions when he was manager um, obviously trading away that, that core group of guys was really hard. We lost a lot of games because of that. And he was always, you know, always a great partner with that. And I, I have so much respect for him. Ultimately, when, when, when this was a, a possibility, I felt like I had to go after it because I felt like, you know, this guy at the top of the game as a manager, you know, he, I uh, think he does an exceptional job. I felt like I watched him from afar. Just always get the most out of those teams he was exceptionally bright, and I thought he'd be just the perfect partner for what we're trying to create. So yeah, it was incredibly difficult, but I do feel like that's the job that I have. I have to make hard decisions. I have to do some things that um, may be unpopular at times in order to, to push things forward, and I thought this was one of those decisions. And, and, and I get all of that, and I, I, I love the move as a Cubs fan, but all that being said, him hitting – a home run in his last regular season at bat, him hitting a home run in the World Series for you guys, him going through the pandemic, all of that stuff as you're sitting with counsel in your home and him still holding that job, Jed, was there any part of you that just felt odd or weird? Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, um, there was a real possibility that we, you know, we sort of that, that meeting happened and it sort of stays be- between you know, between us and obviously, you know, I think Carter and Tom are the other two people that knew about it, but you know, that was a, a real possibility. Um, but I felt like it was something that I, I had to, to move forward and, and, and take that chance with that, you know, I didn't think it would, it would get out because that, that circle is so small, but certainly uh, I didn't know where that meeting was, was going to lead. Um, I'm thrilled with the result of it. But, yeah, there's no question that was an unusual circumstance. And and so you just explained to us when you were on the last time about why it's important to you to tell guys like Bellinger at the trade deadline, hey, here's where we are uh, on your status because you told us they're human beings. You know you're dealing with people. And that's what we've always admired about you. So knowing that as you're walking into David Ross's house to tell him the news, what is the emotion like for you um, knowing that you have to tell that to a friend and a, and a partner as you put that? I mean, I feel like any word I use um, in this setting feels like too small, if that makes any sense. Um, just because of the respect I have for him, because of what we've been through, and because, you know, it's, it's such a such a difficult decision. Um, you know, that was it was it was brutal, and, and, and I, I can't. I guess I can't really articulate it in any way that I think does it does it justice. It was incredibly hard um, to fly down there and, and have that conversation with someone that I i care about deeply it was yeah incredibly incredibly hard is the only way the only thing i can say jed at any point did you waver on the decision because of how you felt about david or was this you you knew down deep this was the right decision and there was no no second thought 
Um, certainly, you know, from an emotional standpoint, yeah, that they was it, that that part was incredibly hard. From a baseball standpoint, I felt strongly because of, of you know, how strongly I've, I've felt for a long time watching watching Craig. Um, so, from a baseball standpoint, you know, that was something that I had my head around. But from certainly from an emotional standpoint and a human standpoint, yeah, there was there was definitely um, there was definitely moments where I just thought to myself, I thought about the conversation, I thought about you know, David, and it was, yeah, it was incredibly difficult. It, it, today, something that struck me when, when Craig Council was speaking is he said that you and him have never really met each other, that maybe you've crossed paths on the baseball field and maybe said hi or nodded hi. I know at times it, it was a very interesting rivalry. When you sat down with Craig or when you've gotten to know Craig over the last week, what's something about him that you never knew? Yeah, you know, we um, when he was a special assistant for Bob Melvin, no, excuse me, for Doug Melvin, we, you know, we would chat a little bit at those meetings, and that was like in 2013 or 14, and that's just like you know, just pleasantries, and really, other than waving to him on the field, I hadn't talked to him at all. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that's really struck me, and it makes sense with why he's been such a successful manager, is you know, he's exceptionally bright, but every single time we talk about a player or a staff member or a front office person, it's very much about trying to understand the person um, on a human level, trying to connect with them, trying to understand sort of what their why is, what motivates them. I, I can see with every player or every person, it's like, so how do I, like, how do I connect with this person and, and how do I understand what, what makes, what motivates them and what makes them tick? And, he does it so naturally all the time, but I've really noticed that in every interaction. And it makes sense. I mean, what is, you know, coaching ultimately, it's obviously trying to get the most out of your team, but it's not only strategic. It's about each individual person. You're trying to figure out what you need to do with that person to get the most out of them. And I can, I can, I can sense that in every conversation. Jed, what does this decision mean for the approach of the organization going forward? Does this mean it's go time, that we are expecting to win now, immediately, or is that just too simplistic? Well, I mean, I, I don't think this move, I mean, we, I don't think this move in, in and of itself is like, okay, now it's go time. I mean, certainly, I really want to continue the trajectory we started last year. Um, you know, I was really pleased I was able to, very much sell where we are. I think we have a really good core of players on the team. We have a really good farm system. You know, we have, uh, you know, available dollars to supplement that. Like, I really like where we are. I don't think it's necessarily a one year thing. If, if the right deals line up that we can be aggressive then absolutely, you know, we'll do that. But more than anything, I just think that, you know, I'd like the, you know, the, the shape the organization is in the health the organization is in. I think we're moving in the right direction. And, you know, I feel like we have a manager that I know will push the right buttons and do the right things to get the most out of them. Were there times, Jed, where you were frustrated that some of the younger players weren't in the lineup at the towards you know whatever part of the season consistently, or was that a conversation you had with Rossi pretty much before every game was played? You know, one of the hard things about last year, and this, you know, I put this on on all of us, and I certainly would not lay this at the feet of David Ross was that the way our season was, was super unusual that we were good in April. And then we spent probably like six weeks being horrible. And that put us 10 games under and put us in a, in a hole where, 
you know, we really had this almost sprint from that day and whenever it was after the Angel series, we got swept. We basically had to sprint from that day forward. And I do think that altered decision-making, uh, altered player usage, because we sort of, we couldn't have any, any lapses, right? We had a little bit of a lapse after London, but really for the most part, we were in a dead sprint, winning almost every series in the second half. I do think that contributed to wearing down our bullpen. Again, that's on me. We didn't have enough depth, but you know, we were winning all those games. I think that contributed and it made it harder to sort of, you know, probably, you know, put some different players in the lineup and do different things. Cause it felt like we were playing catch up the whole time. So I do think the way last year played out made those things difficult. And I don't think we did the best job as an organization of, you know, using those young players towards the end of the year. I don't think we did the best job of kind of using some different relievers in different places. But I think that's born of playing catch up the whole time. You know, if you're a college basketball team and you're coming back from down 25, it's really hard to do a lot of substitutions. You're, you're trying to score in every possession in order to come back. I think that's hard. And so I think a lot of things that happened at the end of last year were born of just the way the season played out in a very unusual way. Jed Hoyer joining us, Cubs president. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. All right, let's get to the brass tacks here in the offseason. Is Shohei Otani your number one target? <laughs> you guys know I'm not going to answer that question. You should have um, called it, it, it up differently. It's not the, he's not uh, tampering anymore. He's a free agent. You can talk about him. I know. There's, there's no benefit in talking about any of those things, so I'm not going to do it. Um, now, I appreciate you guys asking, and I know that uh, you guys will ask. And I, I, I say this, that, you know, that, um, you know, one of the things I enjoy about working in a mar- market like this is we're going to be involved in, in, in everything. You know, I think we'll be involved in, you know, a lot with a lot of good players. We'll certainly, you know, because of the Cubs and this ballpark and all these different things, we'll get in front of a lot of really good players. And, you know, I think that as a result, you know, you're going to see rumors about us in on a lot of different things. And, you know, the challenge is always getting those deals to the finish line and closing deals is really hard, but we'll certainly be involved in a lot of things. And I do, um, you know, I do think that we have the structure of a really good team. Certainly we can find, you know, different places to add and get better. Um, and I think that's, that's going to be the goal is like, how do we supplement the team we have to, to kind of make another step forward? Let me try it this way. Um, Having gone through this process before with this particular player and actually kind of building a bond and coming in second place, so, so we're told, does the familiarity make a negotiation or a connection with this player, does it make it a little easier the second time around? Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows if we came in second or if we tied with six other teams for second? Like, I guess we'll we'll never know, right? But um, I'll say this, we we put our best foot forward last time. I thought, you know, so many people worked so hard on that presentation and spent, spent so many hours on it. And certainly I thought it, it went really well. And, um, you know, in a lot of ways we learned a lot about the player. We also learned a lot about presenting and, 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 and how we go about it. And so I think anytime you have to sell yourself, I think it's a good thing. You, you learn a lot about the right way to do it and, and, and what resonates and what doesn't. And um, I'm certainly glad we went through that process last time i think we we definitely got better as or as an organization for doing it here's a general question on free agency you mentioned money and resources do you have the money though to do to get anybody you would want 
I, certainly, um, you know, I, I believe we have the resources to, to go out and get better this offseason, no doubt. Um, if I answer that question, everyone's just going to start doing the math, and so I'm not going to ever do that because it doesn't, it doesn't help me with agents to, to have them have a feel for exactly how much money we have. So I, I will say we have the money to, to, to push this roster forward for sure. And then, and then like in general terms on, on, on Shohei, and um, <laughs> with, with his pitching, though, Help us figure this out. Like in in general terms, um, with him not being able to pitch next year, is that going to be very complicated to try to figure out a deal like that? Because him as a hitter versus knowing if and when he could ever pitch again. Yeah, there's sort of no way to answer that without getting into medical information and all those different things. So I appreciate that. 12 questions about him, but um, <laughs> can he pitch left-handed? Yeah. Yes. Do you know? Do you He's tremendously he talented. Yes. Do you think there's a possibility? I'll tell you this. One of the most impressive things I've seen was you Darvish used to throw batting practice to his kids lefty. Oh my gosh. And I think he's up to like upper eighties left-handed. So, wow. Okay. Hopefully that'll get you guys off the show. Okay. Well, uh, here's another one. Anyway, super impressive. Okay. Here's (laughs) another one. Um, it gets really, it gets really cold in the, in the Chicago winters, as you know. Um, and something that thrives in a good Chicago winter could be a polar bear. And do you think that this would be a good place for a polar bear to reside in the winter, spring, and then into the summer and fall? <laughs> yeah, well, listen, we will be, you know, like I said, there's a lot of good players that will be on the market this winter, both in trade and in free agency. And I'm sure we'll be checking in on all those, um, you know, because, like, you know, you never know. It's hard to, it's really hard to do deals. It's hard to get free agents to sign, you know, because you're competing with a lot of people. It's hard to complete trades because you have to match up on value. And so, you know, we will certainly, you know, be casting a, a very wide net. Jed, uh, do you feel any pressure internally or externally inside the building to get this team back to the postseason? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing this if you didn't have that pressure. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I'm super excited about where we are, but it, it really stung the end of the last year. I felt like we, you know, we got to a place where it felt like, you know, all we had to do is play reasonable baseball for a few weeks and we would have made the playoffs. So it would have been a, I, I thought a really great accomplishment to make the playoffs last year, given the expectations, but we fell short. And I mean, I think if that doesn't leave a bad taste in your mouth, I think there's something wrong with you. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I always say like, there's, I promise the pressure I put on myself is more than what anyone else does. And, you know, I, I really, um, I don't just want to get back to the playoffs. I want to get back to the, the point where he feels like, okay, you're going into the season and you know that's that that part is going to be taken care of. And it's just a matter of, you know, can you know how many games can you win and can you, you know, can you, you know, push the envelope there and get to a place where you really have a, a great chance. And I think the way baseball is, is is going, I mean, you look at the last four National League teams in full seasons have been, to, to go to the World Series have been the lowest seed. So, you know, so much of it is about, you know, being able to get in, the best thing you can do in this game is build a roster that year in, year out is going to make the playoffs. If you give yourself that shot every year, you, know, you hope to have a, a magical October one of those years. How do you feel about that? There's been like, as you know, boobs like us, well, we didn't really talk about it, but other talk show hosts who are equally boobs, um, we're, we're talking about the rules and saying, well, 
maybe now baseball isn't as fair to the number one and number two seeds because the the lower seeds are playing and then you have to sit too long. Are, do you like the rules or is it unfair to teams that have won the marathon and then have to sit out for five games? Yeah, and also like the buy to me, I don't think there's really that much evidence that the buy affects teams. I just think in general, you know, baseball is a sport that has a lot of randomness and you'd have to play hundreds or thousands of games in a series to really have the best team determined. Now, some years the best team wins. I mean, I think we were definitely the best team in 16 and we won, but it's actually rarer than you think that, you know, so oftentimes the best team doesn't actually win. I do believe that building a roster and a team for the, for the marathon, like that is the, the skill of this job, like being able to navigate six months and all the injuries and to do that. I think that is ultimately the biggest skill it's, it's changed, right? Like the, the way, the way baseball is, has changed. We used to have two teams that made the playoffs. It was just the pennant and you played a world series and then we had four and then we had eight, you know, and then we had 10 and then we had 12 and like, we keep, we keep adding more teams and I think what adding more teams has done is, is underscored the randomness of our game in the, in the postseason, right? Like the Arizona Diamondbacks were a really good team at the end of the year. They, they came together at the right time and they were really good. Um, but certainly over the long haul, they won 84 games because they had a lot of ups and downs. The Atlanta Braves were incredible last year, but they were pretty banged up when they, when they got to the postseason and weren't quite as good. So I do think the more teams that get in, by definition, the more randomness there is. And I do think that as a result, I think we have to, I don't think I have to think about baseball differently, but I think we should honor or focus on the teams that can win a hundred games or win, you know, a ton of games in a regular season. Cause that is, I think the most impressive thing. And then you have to hope that your team's in good shape going into the postseason. Has Craig given you a wish list of things he would like to see uh, before you get to uh, Arizona? <laughs> you know, we've had a lot of good player talks, and um, you know, certainly we will we will have a lot of a lot of discussions. I mean, I you know, I think when we were talking, you know, we at, at, the, at first we we're sort of cards close to the vest because you're unsure, you know, how this is going to go. But then now, you know, now it's like okay, here are the here are our needs, and you know, uh, we haven't gotten to this point quite yet, but I think we will soon. And just talking about like, okay, what things did you see from from the other side? that you, you know, that you liked or didn't like and, and things like that. But certainly we've talked about a lot of players and, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be in constant contact, you know, going forward. Jed, great stuff. Uh, we appreciate it. And, um, all the best here in this, uh, hopefully hot stove. If we think about some other Shohei questions, yes. is it okay yes. if we text yeah, you? Yeah, email, Can email we text those, you? Right with back that? you? Okay. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. Appreciate Thanks, guys. it. Thanks, okay. yeah. There, there's Chad Hoyer. He's always great, like, and and has a good time with it. But, like, I, 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 I mean, what, 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 what's the fear that if they don't get him, then it looks like they failed? I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe like, that if they are, if they are actively or, out there, which people will know, or if they have a wide net on other other players, and those other players feel like they're not the priority, or that they can ask for a ridiculous amount of money because the because money's have, flowing yes. up there. Yeah, because I don't I, know. I don't because know. I've always believed this. I, I told this before to other people. Like they always would say, "Why spend five hundred on Shohei five five fifty whatever it's going to be on Shohei? I don't even know the number." But it's worth it. 
why not just spend that on two players? My belief is Ricketts is only going to give that money for Shohei and will not give you $500 million to spend on two players. You're not going to get $500 million to spend on multiple players. The only case you're going to get $500 million to spend this offseason is on the special case of Shohei Otani because he's such a different type of player and because he will give you the return on investment that no other free agents will ever give you. As far as you will get more money on the sponsorship patch. You will get more people signing up for the marquee. You will get more uh, sponsorships in general. You will sell more season tickets. On and on and on. And, 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 and you will, he's just so worth it compared to others. Oh, I'm with you, totally. And you're going to argue when he comes back from this Tommy John surgery, you are going to get two players for that amount. But I agree with you. I don't think that... You could probably, you're probably going to have a hard time convincing Tom Ricketts to part company with $500 million for two players. Right. More than this. I, look, if you, if you put down the, you know, the, you've done the research, you've done the work, you show how Shohei can subsidize a portion of his contract with the added revenue streams that wouldn't exist with other players. My hope, if I was you, is that this isn't the only thing that they would, if you announce, Shohei Otani, you still need a third baseman. You still need bullpen arms. You still need stuff. Starting pitching. Yes. So, like, you can't, you can't just stop with that. No. I mean, like, so you should be able to do more than just that. And I know yeah, that that sounds will. crazy, right. but right. it's true. Well, whether it's Candelario, whether yes. like Reese Hock, Hoskins was mentioned by Sahadev, Patrick Mooney over the weekend as maybe a stopgap at first base from the Phillies coming off an injury. But you need a, you need another yeah. really good starting pitcher, and Absolutely. he's not going to be able to give that to you this year. So I mean, even if you find a way to convince him to come here and take your half a bill, you're still going to have to spend more. Yeah, and remember, th- they got Stroman's money back, twenty one million. Um, you're getting the Bellinger's Hayward. off the book. Well, Bellinger's off the book, but you're getting a Hayward's money that you were spending on. You're getting over $40 million back on really two players who didn't contribute much. One yes. who didn't contribute at all, and another one who only contributed for the first half. That all, Right there, you're getting, you know, Shoei's going to probably get $50 million a year. So that's, it's not like you have to overextend that much just based on those salaries you're getting back for on a yearly basis. 312-332-3776. If you want to weigh in anything you heard uh, from Jed Hoyer, and um, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll react to the council stuff. I'll play you some more council stuff um, and the good, the bad, the dirty coming up at 430.